He says, okay, I need a $100,000 retainer. We're going to go to depositions. He goes, Mike, or you write the check for 50 grand and walk away. I go, I can't believe it. So I wrote the check and left. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I'd check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and this is a show all about getting you the best real estate advice ever from the best ever guests. We've interviewed Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And we cut out all that fluffy stuff. We get straight to the good stuff. So without further ado, with us today, our best ever guest, Mike Fish. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. Mike has over a decade of real estate investing experience. He has controlled over $11 million in real estate. Now he's a realtor and investor who continues to buy and sell in the Arizona White Mountains. Uh, he's based in Pine Top, Lakeside, Arizona, which uh, you told me that was about 100 miles from Phoenix, plus or minus? Well, from Phoenix, about 200, actually, uh, just depending on where you're at. But if you had east on 60 out of Apache Junction, another 100, 150 miles. Okay. You'll be right here where I live. And he sometimes takes that path on his Harley that he likes so much. Non-real estate related, interesting fact about him is he's done a 48-state trip on his Harley. And how long did that take you? Took 10 weeks, over 12,000 miles. And Ended up going on a cruise to Hawaii, so I rode to rode to Hana, and I just got to get a last can. I'll have them all fifty. <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, um, certainly something that did they have the uh, the GoPro cams back then when you did that trip? You know, even if they had, I probably wouldn't. Have <laughs> <used them. laughs> 
That's not the technical savvy part of my life. (laughs) Some reason that doesn't surprise me that I I just couldn't picture you on a Harley with the GoPro. I just, (laughs) something about that picture didn't jive. Well, with that being said, Mike, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Well, my heart beats around real estate. I mean, that's just the most important thing to me when it comes to a career or income. But more than anything, I guess it's about helping people. We go into neighborhoods and buy the worst house on the block and we fix it up. And so the neighbors appreciate what we do and we bring in good families uh, to live in those homes. And of course, we make a profit doing it. So it's necessary for us to do another one. So that's kind of where my heart's at. And what have you done in the past? Has it always been fix and flips? You know, I've done a lot of business besides real estate, but I've had rentals. You know, I did most of the courses, Carlton Sheets, I did the Robert Kiyosaki, I did Russ Whitney, and uh, every time I took something from that and incorporated it into my portfolio that it helped me, you know, build what I am today, so. With those courses, what was one course that stands out to you and what did you take away from it? Well, I'd have to say it was Carlton Sheets. Now, Carlton Sheets is kind of a generic type training in my history now. I can look back and say it was a great way to build the foundation for what it takes to prepare your credit, to get your finances in order, and to look good on paper so that people will take you serious as you move forward in a portfolio of real estate. He also taught how to have how to buy houses, no money down. I use that technique. I actually bought three big O tire stores using that technique. So that was kind of interesting utilizing it that way. But I did manage to buy a home with bad credit and I wanted to learn more. I wanted to find out how to get a check when I close. So I took the Russ Whitney class. That was a four day class, intense training for 10 hours a day. And I felt pretty comfortable walking out of that classroom. Two weeks later, closed on 11 homes, no money down and got a check for $23,000. So it was true what they taught and I've made a lot of money using it. Well, you gave me all sorts of things to ask you about in those uh, that response. So first, I'm just curious. You said you learned how to buy homes with no money down, then you applied that to buy three, did you say three tire stores? Yeah, actually, um, I got a neighbor, OPM, Other People's Money. Him and I had a lot of history, and he actually funded me the initial money I needed on the first location. And it was Big O. I owned the store at 43rd Avenue McDowell. A year later, uh, actually 10 months later, I I purchased the store at 51st Avenue in Peoria. And one month after that, I purchased a store at Dobson University. So within 14 months, I guess, 12 to 14 months, I I actually owned three stores. So, um, yeah, the second and third store I actually used, Big O actually worked with me because of the success I was having in the first location. So you, did you have to put your any of your money into it for the second and third ones to acquire them? No, no. But I just walked in, took them over. The thing about owning a business like that is the inventory is actually purchased and, and billed 30 days later. Uh, and then you have 30 days to pay. So the first day you're open, your your revenue is generating you an impound account of funds. So if I do $100,000 at that store in the first month, the only thing I paid out of there is payroll. 
now I've got my utilities and everything are due, but I could have up to 30 days to pay. And again, another 30 days of business uh, really puts your account in a comfortable position. So you can walk into a business like that with minimal amount of money in your pocket because you're going to generate it on a daily basis. And what was the tip or approach or strategy for how to buy homes with no money down that you learned? Well, I worked into the foreclosure market. So a lot of times people, you know, I guess that's not correct. Let me go back. The Carlton Sheets course actually taught us how to utilize the seller's financing. So he would ask them, how much do you have to have down? Well, I want 10%. And then, okay, well, it's a $100,000 house, so you'll finance 90. And what is that interest rate? And he would come up with a payment. And then he'd say, what about that 10%? Can we break that up over time? And how about over two years? And, and he would break that down and get him to actually turn over the property with no money down. And then he would look to see what he could rent it for. And ultimately, if he could rent it for more than what those payments are, he would go ahead and move forward and take possession of that property. Two years later, he's cash flowing on it. And of course, down the road, he's got equity and, and he's riding on the seller's credit. So... And is that the approach that you took on the 11 homes with no money down and got a check for over 20K? (laughs) Actually, those, that was a different class and that was a different technique. What I did was uh, the seller was actually losing the homes. He had an alcohol problem that put him in the hospital and the family had taken over the properties and I had actually knocked on one of the doors and the renter had given me the contact information. So I contacted the the owner and they said, well, we'll let you know. And a week later called me, gave me the list of properties. I thought it was three or four. It ended up being 11. And so I did a spreadsheet. He did a spreadsheet. We toured the properties. He flew in, got to Friday. He came in on Wednesday, Friday morning. We met, we went over our spreadsheets. He asked me what I would offer. And I said, you have some problems here. You have some nice homes, but you have some problems. Some are condemned. You have one, uh, the roof has a hole in it where the renters growing marijuana in the attic there's all the water damage in the home Uh, but you have some beautiful homes you got this one over here it's like brand new it's ready to go included in the 11 properties was the owner's home and they even gave me the keys to his car and uh, left all the contents so but he said what's your offer he said got about a half million equity here and I said well me making a half million dollars is going to be based on what I do not what you've done so if you want to make a half a million dollars, I suggest you do what I'm about to do. And he said, well, I, I'm not in real estate. I don't want to do it. And I said, well, I'm willing to take them over, and uh, but I'm not willing to pay you for it. He said, you won't give me anything. I said, well, you so much as get a light bill on one of these houses, I'll take care of it. But I'm not willing to pay you for what I'm about to do. And he sat there, went over with his family, came back and said, okay, we'll take it. So... We went to the closing table. He deeded all the properties over to me. And then I said, we got one more thing. He said, what's that? And I said, today's March 3rd. I need you to turn over all March's rents and all the security deposits. They don't belong to you. And he wrote me a check for $23,000. He deeded the properties to you. And what did he get in return? Free and clear, walk away. He got rid of the headache. There was a lot of problems with a lot of the homes. They were, several were in foreclosure. So, you know, I took the first property, the best one, and I, I uh, had it appraised. Came in at 151000 This was in 2002. 
came in at 151,000 and it's up on Yorkshire and I bought it for 32,000. So I refinanced it and borrowed 120,000, an 80% loan. Real quick, what do you mean you bought it for 32,000? Well, in the I took them all over and some of them were very good, some of them weren't. This one had a lot of equity in it. So it was part of the package. So it had the most equity. And so where I purchased it, all that was owed on the home was $32,000. And the appraisal came in at 151. I put a water heater in it. That's all it needed. And refinanced it for 120 and paid off the 32,000, took home a check for almost 80 grand. I guess I'm confused because I thought you said, maybe I'm misunderstanding. I thought you said you put no money down. So you had no money into the transaction, but then you just said you purchased it for 32,000. Okay. I, wouldn't you call that a purchase when you take over a property? Okay. So you took it over, but did you put, you didn't put any money into it? No. Got it. Got it. So it just, it was just. All that was owed on that home was 32,000. Okay. I'm with you. It was the best one in the package. Got it. So like I say, I walked away with an $80,000 check and since it's loan money, it's non-taxable. Yeah. Cash out refi. Yeah. So I used that eighty grand, and I caught up the mortgages on all of the houses. Huh. And so I took the second one, refinanced that. I think it took sixty out of that, and I started rehabbing the properties. I sold two of them to two of the tenants and bought two more. I just made my way through that in the course of six months. I netted my half million. And every time I sold one, I'd replace it, and I just kept an inventory. When the boom hit, you know, everybody was saying, and I know uh, Russell Shaw and. Everybody's saying, you know, now's the time to sell. So I called all my tenants and said, I will pay your down payments if you guys want to buy now. And I sold nine of the homes. Yeah, nine of the homes in like 60 days. None of them I paid more than 100 for. And all of them sold for more than a quarter million. So that was a real nice package. I had only owned them for like five, six years. And so, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That's a great story. How... Just help me understand why wouldn't that a person and you said they're not they told you they're not a real estate investor but I just don't understand that logic where if you've got a house that's worth a hundred and well over a hundred thousand dollars he might not know exactly how much it's worth but he I'm sure he knows how much he owes on it why wouldn't he just give you all the bad properties and just cash out as much as possible with the ones that have equity. Well, that'd be a great approach on his part, but I don't know that I would have bet on that. You know, if there's, I'm not interested in just cleaning up the mess. There's got to be a little. No, I know that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that you would do it, but why wouldn't he do that? Well, the seller actually was in the hospital and the families took control of that estate and sold that estate to me. And there's another side to the story. Want to hear it? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So two years later, actually three years later, the owner of the home's He's, uh, he's well now and decides he wants his half million dollars. So he files a lawsuit to regain all those profits from me. We went back and forth. Of course, I filed a countersuit against his brother. He's the one that sold him to me. So anyway, we went around and around for about six months and we finally got into arbitration. So we walk in, I'm in a room there. He's in a room with his attorneys. I'm $40,000 into the, the defense with my attorney. Hmm. And so this retired judge is going from one room to another. 
And uh, he he comes over and says, okay, he wants a half million. I said, no. Went back over. Okay, he says a quarter million. I said, no. He went back over. $100,000 you pay as attorney fees. No. So it finally got down to you pay as attorney fees to walk away. I said, no, I'm not giving him a dime. I didn't do anything wrong. His brother came to me. I made an offer. He accepted it. I took over the properties. So his problem's with his brother, not me. And they said, well, then they're going to go to court. I go, how much is attorney fees? He said, 50 grand. So I looked at my attorney. I said, if I go to court, will I lose? He said, well, it's going to be a jury trial. They could feel sorry for him. So I can't guarantee that you'll win. I said, well, I haven't done anything wrong. I don't choose to pay his attorney fees. I've already given you $40,000. And he says, well, he goes, what do you want to do? I said, well, let's just take it to court. And he says, okay, I need a $100,000 retainer. We're going to go to depositions. <laughs> he goes, Mike, or you write the check for fifty grand and walk away. I go, I can't believe it. So I wrote the check and left. So you can go into these things. You can win. You can lose. You got to be prepared. You got to watch your back. You know, it's good to have somebody, if you're new at this, to talk to, you know, that can kind of lead you or steer you down a straight road, keep you out of those problems. So there's a lot of good in this stuff, but there can be problems. And so you have to be prepared. One of my favorite stories since interviewing guests on this show. So thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I like the wind chimes in the background to even add some more dimension to our conversation. <laughs> Well, we got a little breeze. We get our afternoon storms here. It's really <laughs> nice stuff. Oh, my gosh. Um, Mike, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I guess, you know, I probably would have moved along a lot quicker if I had somebody, a mentor or somebody. So that can really get you in line and just get you producing. You wouldn't have to go down those roads and make those mistakes. To, you know, people don't know what you like till you know what you don't like. And if you take that road and and you make those mistakes, it can just really delay or hurt you even for long periods of time if you don't do it right. So I would recommend a mentor. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Mike, what's the best ever book you've read? Uh, I'd probably go back to Carlton Sheets because it was inspiring and got me started. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? I think it was probably the big O tire stores in 14 months. I learned that I can manage a business and provide a great place for people to work and provide for my family while I'm doing that. What's the best ever deal you've done? I think it was 11 homes. 11 homes and, and net and that kind of money in that short of a period of time. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? What I'm doing today. I'm actually, for years I didn't agree with realtors, so I wouldn't become a realtor, but I recently, a year ago, became a realtor. And it was because I felt I could do a better job. And now not only do I sell the houses I fix and flip, but I can sell your home too. So it allows me to be versatile. And while showing properties to other families, I get opportunities to purchase the next deal. And so I guess that's where I I like where I'm at now. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I like to help the families. 
the families that are losing their homes, I like them to give me a call and I show them how to save it. If we can't save it, I show them how to minimize the damage and then show them how to rebuild after that so they can get back on their feet, get into a new home and keep on going. Mike, what's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? I would have to say when you misjudge a purchase, that you think that you've got a gem and ultimately it doesn't work out that way. I've learned to overcome those and actually turn them into profits by taking different angles with those. So, But in the beginning, the first one uh, was the biggest. But I can say to you that there's safety in numbers. If you have one house, one investment, and you have a problem, then 100% of your portfolio is a problem. But if you have 10 homes and one's a problem, only one, only 10% of your portfolio is a problem. So usually the other nine will carry you through it. So I guess that would be the best advice I can give someone to keep them from making bad choices. If you do make a bad choice and you have a property, you said you found some ways to make some profits out of them. What are a couple of those ways that you've done that? Well, normally what I would do then is consider turning that into a lease purchase. Uh, by doing that, you give them a three-year period at which to prepare to own and you sell it for appraised value at that time. Another way is if you put a negative performing property next to a positive performing one in the same LLC, and say your payments are upside down, and you have another one that's making you a profit and it can offset that payment where they're a wash, you can put them beside each other in an LLC, leave them alone for a few years, come back, take a look and see how you're doing. One will wash out the other. What's the best ever place to reach you? Through Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I have a phone number. My phone number is 602-425-1320. I just love the conversation. I love the story about the 11 homes. I mean, I felt like I was at the table, both the initial uh, negotiating table with the brother and then also in the courtroom with you and just hearing the back and forth and the the dialogue between you and the, the attorney. I think that was a really valuable story. I'm glad that you shared that with us. And congratulations on that portfolio. And yeah, it's, it's just really interesting to hear. So is there anything else that you wanted to mention to the best ever listeners before we take off? You know, all I can say is if you're really looking to do real estate, believe in yourself, trust in delegating uh, to the authorities, title companies, appraisers, everybody to do their job and do it right. Don't do the work yourself. You should be out looking for the next deal and having a a power team of professionals that serve you. Serve them well. Let them make money so they'll be happy to do another one with you. And you'll be successful in real estate. Pay attention and be a good listener. You know, don't think while they're speaking. Listen to them. Listen to what they have to say. And then apply your product. Apply your knowledge. And make it profitable for everybody involved. And you'll go far. Thanks a lot, Mike. You're welcome.